continuing our Sermon on the Mount sermon series. This is the 10th sermon in this series. I got to do two, I believe it was, before we made the transition to all online. Um, but we, we are, this will be 10 sermons in, and there's three or four, maybe five left um, as we get into chapter seven. But we're wrapping up chapter six, and I want you to uh, understand that the, the first verse in this one, I'm going to read them in just a moment, but the first verse, first word, and Matthew 6, 25 says, therefore, and uh, you, don't, you don't have to be an English major to know therefore means is referring back to what Jesus has just said. Um, and so last week's sermon is critically important to this one. They are not disconnected. They're not separate messages. They are very much connected. And so real quick highlights of last week's sermon title was Money Matters. We found out that money is not everything. We found out it's not nothing. Uh, we found out it is something, and it does matter. We don't want to get wrapped up and think it's all that matters, and we don't want to get wrapped up and say it doesn't matter. We just say, hey, it's something. And Jesus says, listen, money matters because it's one of the tools the devil uses to hide in plain sight, to put in your pocket, to distract you from me. You won't even know what's happening. All of a sudden, you'll take a point of reflection and look at your life and say, I've been serving money instead of God. And you'll say, the love of money, you'll say, I've, wait, God's been chasing my heart, and Jesus is saying, but your money's got it. And he sums it all up. He says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. And at the end of the verses, right before verse 25 and verse, 20, uh, and verse 24, uh, he said, you can't serve two masters. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. That's the last line. And then he says, therefore. So he's told us not to store up wealthy, uh, material treasures uh, on earth, but to focus on heavenly things. And so he says, therefore, I'm going to read these verses for you, and then we'll take our time through them. Um, so starting in verse 25 of chapter 6, I'm going to read them for you, and then I'll put them on the screen and take them one at a time. Chapter 6, verse 25. My heading says, do not worry. It's the title of this morning's sermon, don't worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour of your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what are we going to drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Last night, Bethany and I were talking. Uh, we were... Uh, uh, probably the last conversation we had before we fell asleep and we were talking about some things that were going on and um and and she uh she she looked at me and um and she said I just want you to know that I'm going to worry about this <laughs> and I said 
you know tomorrow's sermon title is Don't Worry, right? <laughs> and uh, she started laughing, and I started laughing, and we realized we'd got ourselves, uh, while I'd been studying this very scripture, we'd got ourselves worked up about something so much to the point that we just um, directly to one another said, you know what, I'm going to worry about this. We came right out and said it without a thought and said, you know what, I'm going to worry. And I was like, wait, I'm supposed to preach tomorrow, don't worry. And we just said, we're going to worry. Um, so this is how easy it is. As Jesus was teaching that the love of money is competing for uh, his, uh, the attention that he very much wants, that the love of money is trying to consume us and control us. He knows here that that, that money, the, the, the love of it, the desire for it is steeped in worry. And worry can do the same thing. That worry can distract us from God's uh, purpose in our lives. He tells us really in, in last week's message that don't worry. He didn't come right out and say it, but he said don't, don't think about the surplus things you need, the, the fluffy things you need, the extra money you need, the bigger house that you need. Don't focus on those things. And he moves right into this week, and actually he says, actually don't just think of, not think about those things. Don't even worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about the bare necessities, the needs in your life that are going to be met because your Father knows about them. We saw in the Lord's Prayer that he knows about them before we even ask that he knows what we need. So I want to I balance this a little bit before we jump into the Scripture on a couple things. One... Uh, you can't take this out of context and think that Jesus is saying that we're just called to be carefree, uh, that we don't have to plan, that we can be lazy, that we can be thoughtless about our time and our life. Uh, Jesus said the Heavenly Father feeds the birds of the air, but I don't know about you, but I've never seen God drop a worm in a bird's mouth. The bird goes and finds the food. There's two pieces of this puzzle, but when a bird goes and looks, God provides the resource, the need that is there. And so the same is true for us. I don't want us to think uh, that this is a, a time to be like, hey, man, we can just go all Bob Marley here and say, don't worry, be happy, just happy all the time, not worrying about, I don't need to work, I don't need to do this. God's word is, if you take it in its entirety, there's great lessons about work ethic. There's wisdom that says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. There's, there's verses that say, hey, if, if a man is not willing to work, maybe he shouldn't eat. I mean, that's pretty tough language because God designed us to work. Not go have a W-2, but to get up every day and accomplish something. He's called us to do that. So I don't want you to think this is don't worry, be happy. This is not Bob Marley uh, singing this morning. Uh, he just starts with do not worry about the basic things in your life. And he tells us what to replace that with. Um, the other thing I want to I say about this um, is that uh, worry is really anchored in fear. This is still part of the introduction. Hope you're having fun and ready for some fun today. The introduction is probably longer than the, my points I've got, so... Uh, just hold on and enjoy it because I promise you deal with worry, I deal with worry, I get it out of my life, and then it comes right back in different ways. But it's anchored in fear. Uh, it's uh, fear of rejection, fear of commitment, fear of loss, fear of failure, fear of failure at work, fear as a parent, as a spouse, as a child, fear of not having enough, fear, fear of not being good enough. 
fear of being second and not first, fear of not looking like we're in the end group, or that not, maybe not fear of being successful, but fear that we don't look successful, even if we are or not, we just won't look like it. This is where worry digs in. And if you remember uh, in the Old Testament, there was a new word that entered the language of mankind after Adam uh, and Eve sinned. It says it, The Bible says they were afraid. This fear is part of our sinful condition, our broken condition. And all those things, fear works in and works to destroy our relationships, personal relationships. When you're afraid somebody's going to reject you, you don't even try, you're, you're, you're afraid you're going to be a failure, you're afraid of com- commitment, you're, like, you're afraid of loss. Uh, it, it just gets right in the middle of how we treat one another, even as close as a marriage and family and then friends. But also God. Jesus is saying, don't let worry get between me and you. And he, remember, he's talking to his disciples here that many of them he's called out of their vocation. They were all, many of them were fishermen. Um, and that, that literally, they had to go earn their keep day to day. Whatever they made, whatever they caught that day, paid for the food they ate that day. That was usually the way they lived. So many of them that were listening uh, were now not fishing, and they were saying, I'm sure, obviously, there was conversations going on. They what are we going to eat? What, where are we going to sleep? What, I mean, I got one outfit. Where am I going to get clothes? Where, where, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go follow you, Jesus, but what am I going to do? And so Jesus here in this moment gives them some great direction and guidance on how to deal with worry. Let me say one more thing before we go into the points um, today. First, uh, uh, the, the third point of the introduction is there's a difference between worry and concern, genuine concern. Worry comes into things that you really can't impact uh, that you can't, uh, can't control. Worry comes about things that you're just, you, your, your mind is so wrapped up in and, uh, and, and so focused on, yet you can't impact it. It really, worry brings you to a halt. It immobilizes you. It keeps you from taking action. There's lots of guidance in the Bible that says we should be concerned. We should be concerned about our spiritual life. We should be concerned about our our children. We should be concerned about our neighbor. You remember the story of Nehemiah, one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, when he found out about Jerusalem and all the walls were broken down, they'd been burned, and Jerusalem was in shambles. And his action started out of concern. So here's what I'd love to have you do. I mean, this this is not, yeah, it is homework a little bit. I'd like for you to just take some time uh, and think about, what am I worried about? And is this thing that I'm worried about, is there actually anything I can do about it? And if there's not, then that is time to put it in God's hands. He says, bring all your anxieties and your cares and put them on me. What are things that we can't control, like the global economy, the next pandemic, uh, you know, whether... Uh, whether or not our company is going to be successful and I'm going to have a job in two weeks. You can't control those things. So take Jesus' advice. He's very straightforward. He just says, do not worry. It's that simple, that short, don't worry. 
Then on that list, I want you to see the things that you might be concerned about, like maybe it's uh, bills you've got or you know, debt that is accumulated or uh, there's all kinds of things that can keep us up. Those are things that you can't impact. And genuine concern leads to action. Nehemiah went to action when he found himself concerned about uh, Jerusalem and his people that were there. So worry immobilizes, concern moves you to action. Find those things that you can't do anything about, that you're worried about, and just say, you know what? I'm giving that to God. These things over here that I'm concerned about, God, I'm going to trust you to give me guidance and wisdom on how to deal with them, and I'm going to create an action plan. So let's jump into these verses now that we're through the introduction, and uh, let's just take them a little by little. Wait, I got a text here. You see, this is great. This thing about live stream, you get uh, corrected right in real time. Um, apparently, Bobby McFerrin wrote and performed Don't Worry, Be Happy, Not Bob Marley. That was my bad. Got that fixed. Thank you, Waylon. Um, uh, so let's dig into these verses here. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or what your body, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. What a great line to end verse 25 with is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Here's where I want to start. First point on how to deal with with worry is simply this recognize your value to God did you hear this line I mean do you hear this do you see this verse that Jesus says look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap they don't store in barns yet your heavenly father feeds them he's saying your father God is taking care of the birds in the air and then he says are you not much more valuable than they and so are we as humans more valuable to God than animals? I think it's probably obvious. He loves animals. He created them, but they are not his children. They don't have a soul. They cannot become a child, part of his family. And so we see here that you are chosen, that you are, we are made in his image. We are special. You are special and have value to God. You may feel like you've never been valued by anybody in your life. And here Jesus is saying to these disciples who were just trying to figure out how to get from one day to the next. and saying you're forgetting that the maker, the creator of this earth values you and cares about you. He cares about you, cared about you enough to save you. If he could do that, if he's got the power to save you, then wouldn't he take it the rest of the way? Couldn't he provide the rest of of your needs so recognize your great value to God second thing uh, is called uh, in verse 27 Matthew 6 27 Jesus says can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life I just highlighted here can you add life when you worry, can you add life? 
Now, different, uh, different uh, translations of the Bible, uh, that word life here in the original Greek can, can be translated stature as well. So it may say an inch to your height or an hour to your life. Um, and uh, this is what Jesus is asking. He's saying, he's saying, why spend your time worrying? He's saying this. He's saying worry is unproductive. Saying the the truth is not only can it it won't add an hour to your life, but it probably takes away hours. Listen to this quote from one preacher. It said, "You can carry your you can worry yourself to death, but not to life." Dr. Charles Mayo of the famous Mayo Clinic wrote, "Worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, and the whole nervous system." I've never met a man or known a man to die of overwork, but I have known a lot who died of worry. Not only can, does worry affect you mentally, physically, stress, uh, and not only does it physically change and affect your, you, you know, your, your heart health, uh, your blood pressure. I mean, it just is it's terrible on your body, but it also distracts you. It distracts you from what God has for you. And I said it was anchored in fear, um, and we see that when we are submitting to fear, when we're so scared, when we're so worried, and, and, and we're wrapped up and we're not sleeping at night, and, uh, and, 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 and for me, I don't lose much sleep at night from worry. I do worry, but at night, I'm pretty good at going to sleep. Uh, Beth will tell you that. Um, I can, I, can, I can sleep anywhere with anything on. Uh, when it's time to go to sleep, I go to sleep. But worry does distract me. When I wake up and I've got things that I need to do, uh, when I'm really worried and upset about something, I lose my focus. And when I lose my focus, I just go to my default and I do things that just pass the time. Because worry immobilizes us. It's unproductive. So not only do we, can we not add an hour to our life, it affects our life in a, in a health perspective, but it also takes precious time out of the day that we could be searching and seeking God's will, that we could be living uh, his, his, his service out, living our faith out for him. Uh, worry is so unproductive. So Jesus is saying, don't do it. Don't, don't worry. I wish it was that simple. Um, but he knew we'd all struggle with it. And so that's why he shared these words. Hey, hold on just a second. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm back. How cool was that? Uh, you know, had an antivirus pop up on the, <laughs> the laptop with the PowerPoint, uh, but we're good now. Um, so let's read this next verse, Matthew 6, 28 through 29. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And then he finishes that thought up with these four words, you of little faith. To decrease fear, 
You don't say, I'm going to get fear out of my life. You say, I'm going to fill my life with faith. You want to get fear and worry out of your life. Here's what he said. Why are we talking about this? Why are we really saying what we're going to eat, what we're going to do? Why do we panic? He says, it's you of little faith. To decrease fear, to decrease worry, he's got to increase faith. We only have so much capacity in our spiritual ability and our mental state. Uh, and, it, and where faith is absent, fear fills the void. Worry fills the void. So how do we fill ourselves with faith? You've got to exercise it. You, 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 one, take a step of faith, and you'll start to see it grow. Start with a, a Bible reading every morning, a devotional. Spend time in prayer with your spouse. Get serious and talk about spiritual things with somebody, with a friend. Dig into God's Word. Listen to spiritual music. Listen to His Word taught and preached. To decrease fear and worry, you've got to increase faith. As your faith goes up, it pushes fear out. And we want to increase our faith. He says, you have little faith. He says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. Here he gives us guidance. He's told us, don't worry, over and over and over. And he says what to do in place of it here. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these will be given to you as well. Now, remember, he's talking to his disciples here. And he's asked them to step away from their vocation and live full time in their faith. Not all of us are called there. Not all of us are going to be called to stop the job that we do. Actually, we are pursuing God's kingdom, and many of us are living out our faith in the service that we're providing through our job. We can live our faith out right there. But you got to check the motive. you got to check your heart. This is what Jesus is saying. It's been the core of his message from the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, saying, I care about your heart, not what you look like, not what you act like. I care about your heart. And the only way your heart can change is if you let me change it. I want to change your heart. So how to get rid of worry? Seek first his kingdom. Set our minds on eternal things. Think about his providential care and how he provides and he takes care of us it says if we put those things first he'll provide the rest that if we live in guidance with biblical wisdom and obedient to what he teaches us that we'll be okay that he's going to take care of us he's going to provide of us a day at a time our daily bread to be reminded god you provided for us today and that's what he has promised He finishes with this thought, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to say not worrying about tomorrow doesn't mean not planning about tomorrow. 
There are lots of scriptures that teach us it's okay to plan with God's guidance and will. But he says, don't lose sleep today. Don't lose time today. Don't lose joy and peace today. Don't let fear steal those things from you today, worrying about what tomorrow might bring. There's been so many examples in my life. God has shown me these things. Um, you know, I've... Uh, uh, I've, I've, I've shared a couple of them. One is the story that I love about Rosie. Uh, several years ago, we'd gotten back from vacation, um, and, uh, and I'd enjoyed the week. I'd really put work to the side. I hadn't really thought about it. I hadn't checked my email that much, uh, which is enjoyable at the time. But uh, on Sunday night, when you get ready to go back and you know you've got piles of things that are waiting on you, um, it's uh it's like all of vacation get can get erased in in in, in one evening um and uh i was i was putting her to bed and uh always say not good night prayers with her and i asked her are you worried about anything uh and on this vacation she had eaten uh, she'd just fallen in love with fried catfish at this time and every restaurant we stopped at uh everywhere we ate she asked if they had fried catfish and she ate a lot of catfish and I said are you worried about anything and uh she said what's that <laughs> it was like what is worry um and 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 it was in her mind she knew that her parents are going to take care of her every day and so she had no worry and uh and then in a minute you know we had a little back and forth and she just said yeah actually I'm worried I might turn into a catfish and in that moment for me gave this just this moment of levity like all that weight came off my shoulders you know what tomorrow is not up to me all god has called me to do is to give my best he's not called me to have responsibility of success he has not called me to be the one that takes responsibility for winning or losing that I just got to know tomorrow I got to give up and I got to get up and I'll give my best. I'm going to trust God with the rest. And actually this week, eh, well, I might turn into a catfish and that's my greatest fear. So I literally went into that week thinking, you know what? What if I turn into a catfish? And it just put like, really? Uh, and this time has shown us the things we were so worried about are not that important at the end of the day. I'll share a couple verses here as we get ready to wrap up, and I got one more story I want to share. Uh, Hebrews one three. Let this be a reminder here. Um, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe. He upholds the universe by the word of His power. So, what are you worried about? Are you his child? What are we worried about? He upholds the universe with the word of his power, and there's nothing we can do. I mean, he doesn't need us. Listen to how Paul, when he went to Athens for the first time, and he was in this, this culture where they served all these random gods, and it was this great uh, intellectual debate and thinking that was happening there, and he saw a tomb, or he saw this statue, this idol that was to the unknown god. And this is what he told them uh, when he was preaching there with them. Uh, so Paul, staying in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For I passed along and I observed the objects of your worship. I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. 
What therefore you worship as unknown. <laughs> this is powerful. He says, let me tell you about that God. This I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. It says God, he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. Proverbs 12, 25 says, Anxiety or worry in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good work makes him glad. 1 Peter chapter 5 says, Cast all your worries, your anxieties about anything. Cast it on him because he cares for you. Paul told the church at Philippi, I said, Don't be anxious. Don't worry about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And we promise that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me share this, uh, this, this quick story here um, as we get ready to wrap up. I want you to know, I want you to see, um, this just happened and uh, many times each week I pray for God to show me illustrations uh, of you know, how he cares for us or whatever ap that's applicable to the sermon that I'll be preaching that Sunday. And, uh, and, and sometimes I miss them when they're right in front of me, and this one hit me this morning as Bethany and I were talking about it. Um, this is a picture here of a, an old bird feeder we had. My uh, Aunt Jenny had given, um, given this to us uh, many, many years ago. We used it for some time. It's been in storage, been in our building for some time. And uh, there, there's just a series of events here that I want you to see um, uh, and, uh, and so we, we had this bird feeder in, in storage and, uh, we had, we've got one cat and we, Rosie started feeding it on the front porch, putting the cat food out. And man, this spring, uh, the birds were just attacking the cat food. I don't know. They're hungry. They're looking for food somewhere. And, uh, so I've been putting the cat food up every day and we put it out at night and let the cat eat if it, if it wants to, if it's going to eat, it's going to eat at night. And we thought we should get that old bird bird feeder out and uh, maybe that would distract the birds we'll set it out in the yard um and maybe that'll keep their attention and they'll stay over there and we love to watch birds rosie's got a little bird watching book and she's trying to identify all the birds she's seen i've never done that it's been pretty fun though um and uh and so yesterday we were out and i was uh i'd, I'd run in rural king um and i thought i'm gonna grab some uh, bird seed bird feed to put in our bird feeder and uh, got this little shepherd's hook so we could hang it out in the yard. And so we got home last night, we put the shepherd's hook out, we dug out the old uh, bird feeder and uh, filled it up with food and hung it out there. And this morning, as we were sitting at the kitchen table, we were eating breakfast and I was looking out there and I was seeing uh, already one night and birds had found their place there 
they were jumping in. Uh, and this has actually got this squirrel protector around it, you know, that they can get in. It protects the food, protects the birds. And they were just having breakfast. And I thought about how God had put in our hearts and how God had used us in a way uh, to take care of that little bird. The bird didn't have any idea. The bird didn't get up. He didn't worry all night. He didn't wonder where is my food going to come from tomorrow. Uh, but God just used uh, our heart in a way and in circumstances that started years and years and years ago with a bird feeder that was stuck in storage that we hung out, we put food in, and that bird just sat down started eating. It had to fly there, it flew there, it found it. It took some effort. But it took something bigger than it. It's the same is true for you and me. We're gonna we're gonna fly and we're gonna land on a bird feeder sometimes, and things are gonna fall in our lap, and we're gonna think, God, I just did this. I found this. I I succeeded at this. I accomplished this. I earned this. I flew around. I found it. Jesus was teaching them here. Be reminded. That all the good in your life, good gifts are from above. That it takes something bigger than you. That that job you landed, the thing you got started with God working things out way before you even got there. That the job is not about you. But that he cares for you. If he cares for that little bird and he uses us to, to just create some opportunity for that bird to eat, how much more does he care for us? How much more will he provide for you? My ask for all of us this morning is to do the one thing Jesus asked us to do is to seek first his kingdom. If we put his kingdom first, if we say, Lord, I need you, if we say, I trust you, we put our faith in you, he will take care of the rest. So this morning, don't worry. As Tammy said in our live stream Wednesday night, just trust in Jesus, trust in God. The things you can't control, give them to him and let him be in control. The, the, the power is in him. He gave us life and breath and every good thing that we have. Let him be God and us just be thankful for the way he provides. If you have never given your life to Christ and you know, know what that peace and security feels like to, to turn away from the things you've worried about and give it to him, I invite you this morning. We're going to share a song here. We want you to stand and sing with us. If you're in our congregation, you know the words. We've sung this song so many times. Lord, I need you. I confess Bowing here before you is where I find my rest. Not by toiling and spinning, trying to clothe and feed myself and provide and take care and do all that. I just want to live faithful to you, live faithful to your word, be your servant, and trust you with the rest. Mm -hmm.
wrap up this morning just by saying uh, those words of Jesus I ask you in this un uncertain time I know how difficult it it is uh, with so much going on around us uh, his words that rang true uh, with his disciples that ring true with us today uh, where the, he just simply says do not worry we've got pandemics all around us we've got murder hornets we've got you know, it's, it's snowed this weekend in some places. Uh, it has been crazy, but he calls us to this calm to make him, uh, to anchor and build on his foundation and seek his kingdom first uh, and trust the rest. Just a real quick recap. One is uh, we have great value to God. You have great value to God. 
realize that worry is very unproductive. Uh, and his guidance that just says don't worry is pretty simple. We make it much more complicated. Find those things you're worried about, you're losing sleep about, you can't focus because of, say, can I change it? No, that's yours, God. I'm giving it to you. You're going to own it. I'm going to trust you with whether my children are going to get sick or whether they're going to be okay. I'm going to trust you with whether my company's going to be around in a month or two or not. I'm going to I'm going to trust you on what my next health outcome is going to be. These things you can't change. You have to trust. To decrease fear and worry, you got to increase faith. Let's commit together to just pour faith into each of our lives. And so we can get worry out, so we can be more active, more productive for God, and we'll seek his kingdom first. Let's wrap up with a, uh, a word of prayer. Um, we'll dismiss for this morning. God, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the words of Jesus that reminded us this morning. God, that you are in control. You are super powerful. You're super caring. You love us. You value us. You're going to provide for us. If you're going to save us, then you can meet the needs and physical needs of our life. God, as long as we're obedient and we're serving you, we're seeking your kingdom first and our heart is right, God, you're going to take care of us. God, let us rest in that comfort and take on the peace that passes all understanding this morning. To remember, remember that you're our hope, that you're the truth. God, we hang our hats, we build our lives on that foundation uh, this morning. God, help us to not worry. God, call us to you and let us seek first your kingdom. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if God has touched you with this message this morning, please reach out and let us know. Uh, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to be right in the trenches with you and whatever you're going through in your life. Um, we want to be there, and we've got a team that will pray for you, that cares about you, that loves you. Um, and so reach out. Let us know what those things are, and uh, we, we're going to be there with you, for you, in the middle of it. Um, I hope you have a blessed week. One more, one last happy Mother's Day. Uh, I hope you have a great Sunday afternoon. Um, please en enjoy it. Take some time. Take a deep breath. Say today, the rest of this day, worry is out. I'm just going to sit and reflect in the peace and the provision. Uh, I'm just going to know that God's given me good things and he has good things for me. Be reminded of Romans chapter 8 that says we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That uh, he was raised to life. He's at the right hand of God. And who shall separate us from that love? Nothing, nothing. You have that safety today. Go rest in it. Enjoy your day. God bless.